Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Love Cappy's here. Cappy! And so is CY, Clinton Yates Dave, in for Sedano. And, uh, hey, uh, Oh, by, by the way, I gave, uh, I, we'll see if Jason Siegel picks up. I gave uh, Bergman Jason Siegel's cell. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Clinton has come in with visual aids. Okay, so. And he has a question about something so, on his phone. Cap, I'm going to retweet this right now from okay. my account because Funches sent it to me, and he pointed to a picture. Now, I'm going to describe this loosely. Underneath the photograph, it says, Jam Session. In sort of like 80s bubble graffiti letters. There How many about, guys roughly are in that picture? Eh, it's about 30 brothers. Yeah. About two white boys. Mm-hmm. Who, are white boy? Who are the white guys? It's definitely a picture from well, I, the 70s, presumably. From the 80s, early 80s. 80s, okay, early 80s, excuse me. A fair amount of guys are handling instruments. Yeah. Jam session, mm-hmm. presumably. Right. And in the middle. Michael can't play no instrument. In the middle, a, wearing a lovely herringbone <laughs> chain. With a great mustache and a mini fro. Really? Is one Michael Thompson. That's right. Wow. Look right here, Mace. Look right so, there. So, Michael, what do you remember about yeah. the... But let me yeah. scroll Let me scroll left to right, and I'll just name the people I yeah. can name. I can see George... You should be able to recognize them all. I can see George Gervin. Yep. I can see Michael. And some of the, is this Bill Cartwright? Yep. Is that Robert wow. Parrish? Robert Parrish. Wow. Is that a young... That can't be David Robinson. That wouldn't make sense. No. Um, and I can't really name George Gervin should be in that. Gervin's there. That's the first Artist person. Gilmore in there. Okay, there's a lot of people. So, basically, they're standing under a basketball hoop mm-hmm. that is well-worn. They're all ha- they all have basketballs, long socks, and instruments. It's called Jam Session. Jam session. What is this? Uh, we had a special Nike club in the early 80s. Uh, it was about 40 of us in the Nike club, and Nike used to take us on trips to Seville, to Hawaii, Seville, Spain. We'd go over there, and, and uh, we went to Madrid. We went to a World Cup soccer match over there. Uh, Nike would take like 40, 50 of us, first class, all expenses, the greatest trip you could possibly go on. And they gave us each about, we were making about $50,000 a year back then in the early 80s to, to wear Nike products. And 50000 bucks back then was considered big, deal money, that was yeah. big money back in the How'd in you screw that up? <laughs> Well, uh, Nike came up with a stupid business concept Uh-oh. that I still don't understand why they did it. So What's there's that, about Jordan. Uh, there's about thirty or forty of us in that picture, and mm-hmm. Nike got rid of every one of us except for George Gervin. I think Moses Malone is in there too, and maybe one other guy got basically rid of ninety-seven percent of us. Cap des- decided to say, you know what? Let's throw all of our money into a different direction. Instead of get, paying all these guys all this money, let's let their contracts expire and let's put all of our interests and all of our money and promotion into some young punk named Michael Jordan. Yeah. Never there heard of him. How, how did that work out for him? Well, right. well Cap, you, love, you will have Winning Time. There's a scene in Winning Time, Michael, I know you haven't watched it yet, where a young Phil Knight comes to Magic Johnson and basically offers him the Jordan deal first. Right. Yep. An angsty... Anxious, hasty Phil Knight. Right. Yeah. And and Magic. Stock. You're stock in the company. Yeah. Magic listened to him. Yep. And then took the Converse deal. Took the cash. Wow. And and there's a funny moment in Winning Time where Magic, Quincy Isaiah, the actor, turns to the camera, breaks the fourth wall, and said, I don't regret it. And then they cut to Phil Knight, and he says, 
He regrets it. <laughs> I think yeah. I think if you would have kept that Nike stock, I think it would have been worth $2 billion. Wow. Five, billion. Oh, yes. There's a, there's oh, a wow. pretty famous quote wow. that he says every time he drives by like a Nike store, he sheds a bit of a tear or whatever. Was that he, Magic said that? Yeah, Magic was like, bro, it yeah. hurts every time. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. There was another player, too. I believe it was Spencer Haywood who also was offered Nike stock to begin with, and Nike was getting off the ground. He turned that down. Well, Spencer actually said he didn't turn it down. His agent turned it down oh. to get the cash instead from Converse or something like that. Wow. And Spencer said he didn't know that. He didn't yeah. know about the stock options that Nike offered him. John, have you seen this picture, Scott? Have you seen this yeah, picture? I've, I've seen, seen it. it. Yep. It's fantastic, yeah, right? It's cool. I mean, what a throwback. Yeah. Where, where do I get a post? I go, I want one. I put it up on my wall. Well, you should be able to get those anywhere. Just just in, on the internet, I would imagine. But, yeah, I got some of those posters at home. But, yeah, they Nike treated us so well. We were so heartbroken when they decided to not renew our contracts and decided to put all the eggs in the Jordan basket. Dumb decision. <laughs> There's one guy in the middle of this picture that I would have sworn is Dave Winfield, but are these all basketball All basketball players, players yeah. Let me see if I give me the picture. Let me Here see if I, can, if I can name a there you go. There you go. Let's see. I'm well, sure Dave Winfield was. Didn't he play basketball at the University of Minnesota? He Michael, played, I, he got drafted by all four sports leagues. All right, yeah, starting it? from left to right. Here right. we go. Dan yeah. Roundfield, uh, George Gervin, Phil Smith from the Golden State Warriors, Daryl Griffith, Reggie Theus, Reggie Theus, Campy Russell, Alvin Adams, Elvin Hayes, Elvin Maurice Hayes. Lucas, Dennis Johnson, me. <laughs> Artis Gilmore, Norm Nixon, Moses Malone, Bill Cartwright, Truck Robinson, John Drew, Robert mm. Parrish, Rudy Tomjanovich, Bernard yeah, King, T. Lionel Hollins, Paul Westfall, and Austin Carr. Funch's great pull. Wow. Three. Wow. That's unbelievable. I counted three yeah. white guys. Hey, guys, I found it on eBay, too, the poster. Okay. Yeah. How much? Did you, how much? Go ahead and purchase that. I'll Why don't you guys try you to later, guess? sir. Uh, I'll say uh, it, the original poster, I'll say you can buy it for 50 bucks. I'll take the under on that. Yep. What is it? What's the cost of uh, Funch's? 12 bucks. 12 $380. Oh, yeah. Ooh, $380. So maybe I'll have to go purchase offer. that myself. Yeah, I'll be wow. betting on myself. Okay. Uh, <laughs> three, you, you mentioned... You mentioned white guys. I counted three white guys on the list. Rudy, Michael had Rudy T. Rudy T. Alvin Adams and there Paul was Westfall. Paul Westfall. Oh right, that Westfall. Yeah. Okay. That, I mean, what a picture! Yeah, I'm a sorry. This is fantastic. Yeah. Like this is the kind of stuff that I love. Yeah, that's cool. Michael, um, can I speak to you for a moment, sure. if you don't mind? Of course, Cap. You have permission. Am I even necessary here? Yes. You are. Well, you i got to leave early, so oh, you oh, are. Mace, Mace, I have some things I'd like to talk right, to you about good. as well. Yeah. I, I asked you who you recognize I'm to start so, things off. I'm so not necessary to the <laughs> you proceedings. Are necessary. Yeah. You are. It's all about him. All right, Cap, go. what do you have for Michael? He came Cap. out Michael, of the funeral. Michael, you, you're, a, you're pretty active <laughs> on... Uh, out of the funeral, yeah. You're pretty active on, on Twitter, I think. Yeah. Would you call yourself active? Yeah, I like to talk about good stuff. Yeah. So, Friday night... I went with a pal of mine, and we were at a uh, baseball game, mm -hmm. and I was sitting in right center field, right on the front row, and there was a guy by the name of Thompson playing right field. Yeah. Oh, this you, Cap, you've brought up a sore oh, subject. Oh, it's no. okay. Go ahead. Uh -oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh oh. And and they put up on the screen, hey, his dad was the number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. Blah blah blah. And I tweet pictures of you, like, yo, I'm here supporting your man. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you not see that? No, I didn't see it. Otherwise, I definitely would have responded. I didn't see it. He, uh, but, uh, Cap, well, I, I brought that up, too, because I did yeah. see it. And he got DFA'd he got today. DFA'd. Yeah, he got oh, man, He'll be back. Dagger. He'll, He'll be, be back. back. He'll be back. So he's yeah. in Oklahoma now? Uh, he's uh, El Paso. El Paso. The, Oklahoma uh, City, by the way, best minor league ballpark in America. Is it? Yeah. And Mickey Mantle Steakhouse right across the street from the ballpark. Great place. Excellent. Michael, Great place. That, that really sucks because it turns out that last night, 
uh, the Padres had a rookie outfielder mm-hmm. who at the wall had a ball hit him in the glove mm-hmm. and go over the wall. There for you a go. Jose Canseco can can play. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. See, Trace would have caught that. Right. Of course he would. Yeah. Anyway, so he'll be back. He's got to go earn his way back. Guy's been grinding for a while, man. I got yeah. nothing but appreciation for the determination. Heck you know? Yeah, like I said, what do you retire and do what? Go work for UPS? Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it, but hey, it's you know. Amazon these days, okay? Oh, let's, Amazon, let's right. Be real. You know, keep swinging the bat until you can't swing it no more, right, Mason? Got to include Exactly. Mace. Make them rip that jersey off your back. Michael, right. do you ever regret retiring oh, too yeah. early? Yeah, I retired at 36 cap in, in Clinton. I could have played two more years. Two Pat more? Riley, Pat Riley asked, actually asked me to come to New York to back up uh, Patrick Ewing. I've heard this story. You've told it. But at 36. 36, Mace, I said, you know what? Pat Riley's practices. Yeah. I don't know if I could really Couldn't talk. get through him? I, I just didn't want to. Yeah. But you know what? I still regret it today. I think I should have tried it. Let me ask you this, yeah. Mace. Oh, and me? This, I'm this involved is something. Okay, this good. is something that I brought up before. Okay. The Pat Riley character on Winning Time yeah. is easily the most compelling. He's great. He's got the most to grow. I love, love Adrian Brody as Pat Riley. You're a movie, cinema, yeah. acting guy. Yeah. How do you feel about that performance? I, I think he's He's great. I mean, the cast top to bottom is great. Uh, the guy that blows me away is John C. Riley. He's good. Oh, yeah. John C. Riley yep. is fantastic. He should win awards for that. I think Adrian Brody should be up for awards for that. I think Jason Siegel is great. I mean, honestly, that cast from top to bottom, the guys they found, Solomon Hughes and Delonte D'Souza, and who's the guy that plays Magic? Uh, Quincy Isaiah. Quincy Isaiah. Those guys. I mean, the, the, can- the uh, casting people. Should win awards for that. They had to search the country to find guys to play those players. My favorite moment is when he, I don't want to say attacks Westhead in the, oh, so, yeah. in, the in the shower, but they yep. sort of go after each other, and he right. tells them to sort of get it together. And you get that first like villain look of the hair slick back. Oh yeah, he's all yeah. wet, and he's just like, oh, <laughs> he kind of walks off. Yep. Like, I can't believe I had to do this. And you see that, that little flash forward. Oh, it's a most great most underrated character on Winning Time, easily. Zazlo. Oh, so oh there Zaz- we go. There we go. No, is it, go. it's not Zazlo. It's Zastro. Zastro. Yeah, mythical, by the way. By the way. A composite of many bad people. Many, many, Zazlo Michaels, whoa, the guy whoa, who walks up to magic bad and goes, people. Well, he Let's seduced go him into oh, that dude. world of, you know. The party world? Real life. That, that world. America. The party <laughs> world. In, the, in that day. All right, I got to go up, pick up my son. It's close. I'm leaving early. Mason, question. Are you seriously going to dress up? for the Lombardi party thing tomorrow night. I will be wearing a suit. I don't Oh, I'm getting it. dressed no up, way. too. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting dolled up for this suit. thing, too. Yeah. No, a real suit. A real suit. I own a real suit, right. and I am going to wear it. Wow. Does it fit? Tomorrow. Yes, I don't know. So that means there's money. We're about, tra- we're about that means to there's find money out. involved. Do you know how to tie a tie? I'm not wearing a tie. Yeah. Yeah. I threw away all my ties. I gave all my ties to Goodwill. That was a dodge to the question, though. Which was? Do you know how to tie a tie? Oh, of course I do. Okay. That's the last time you tied one. That's a better question. Uh, uh, 83. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, you forgot. I'm telling you right now, the bigger question is, does the suit fit? Because you probably haven't put it on in oh, easily God. two years. Cappy. Excellent point, Cappy. You know what I'm doing, though, now? I've got this uh, this app that Bergman showed me called I've the Lose It app. Yeah. Uh, where you keep track of your calories every day. That's what it's come to. And last night, we had a, a just a, I had a great moment. A, this is just a great personal moment, a personal high. So last night, I don't know if you heard this or not, but uh, last night, Juan broke down and ordered donuts from DK's to be delivered. Once again. Uh, and he ordered six because we normally have three each. So <laughs> I know. I'm, cap- I'm with you. This is I, beyond hilarious. I said to Juan, you know what? I'm not doing it tonight. I am not going to eat those donuts. You, you can leave them on the dresser. I'm not going to eat them. Went abstained? to sleep without them. And when I woke up in the morning, 
All gone. Wow. One. Really? One is the one. Yeah, eight six donuts. So I, I have an app too. It's called the mirror. And I'm what's looking, the mirror? I look oh, at the it mirror. Yeah. In that way. yeah, the mirror. Yeah, you got no issues with that. The mirror app. You're like super. Uh, I'm what are you, like a you. vegan, you gluten free. So, what are you? You said something to me the other day, offhandedly, in this setup that stuck with me. Like I don't know what I was telling the woman I love about it the other day. Yeah. You said you look like a need to live kind of guy. You said that at the I, remote. You, you do. And I'm kind of that. Like I like good food that tastes like what I want, but I, I'm not a big eat. I don't eat tons of food. I eat what I like. Well, I've told this story before, but in my family, the more I ate, the more I got praised. Right. So my grandmother would say, Stevie had fifths, and wow. I was supposed to be proud. So I got rewarded yeah. for eating more, and now to this day... I eat too much. Well, this Fair has enough. been worked out in many therapy sessions. A lot of therapy. Wow. A lot of therapy. Wow. I was rewarded for overeating. I was... Wow. They're normal size, full size donuts. Yeah, six. Wow. Six donuts. Uh, but wow. it, I mean, it was all night. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, there was. What do you uh, drink with your donuts? donuts? Do you drink ice cold milk or it's got to be coffee or what? Uh, no, I ice cold milk. Ice you gotta cold have milk. milk. Yeah. Yeah. Whole milk. Are you a skim guy or whole yeah. guy? I'm a whole guy. I'm a skim guy. I'm a two percenter. Okay. Yeah. You're a two percenter. Two percenter. Give me. You're a one percenter. Well, that's true. A one percenter. You're a two percenter. We all want to be one percenters. <laughs> I've transitioned into almond milk. I admit it. I'm really? Oh, almond milk. I like oh. almond milk. Hold on, Cap. Are you drinking almond milk straight? No, no. Well, okay. Or Clint, that's your, that's here's your the thing. deal. Well, no, 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 no. I will tell you this. You ready? Last night. Because I'm on a diet, so I'm using almond milk now, you know. All right. I had like 12 double stuff Oreos that I, that I dunked in the almond so milk. So good. And then when I got... Now, they don't, they don't take on the moisture the same. Sure. With the, the wafer so does don't not get take good on. And soaky. It's not as... Uh, there's a word here that starts with M. I'll find it later, but it's like they're not as moyant or whatever. Like there's a word. Moyant. There. They, yeah. don't, oh, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't take on as much liquid. Me, I'm going to right. go moist. Moist. But then after moist. about no, let's 12. Let's not use that word. word. Come on, guys. Come word. on. Everybody <laughs> hates that word. Why? Why? What's wrong with it? does. I, Michael, I don't have a problem me with it. Either. You and me. I've got a you huge problem pal. with it. Do not use it. Really? What do you think of when you hear the word moist? I might actually be thinking of a word in a different language. Changing. Changing. Changing subjects. Is a word? All right. Speaking of other things, Mace. Yes. So I want to bring it all together. We were talking a little winning time. Right. Earlier, you were talking about your desire to be on stage and yes. perform, right? Yes. Um, our common friend, Spencer Garrett, who played Chick Hearn. Yeah. He is in New York right now working on a new play, play. Yeah, that, I... is, that Jason Alexander is directing. Right, right. So why is it that you have the Culture Pop podcast right. on the big screen now itself, yep. where all of Hollywood is seeing your ads? Correct. Why are you not leveraging this to get back onto the stage? You you got it, baby. Yeah, I got it. You got back, it. Got to get back on the boards. Is that a, is that a move? You can, yeah. you, can you can do that. You I can, can do jump that. off that diving board. Well, I mean, in a in a different life, I went to Yale Drama School and I, I heard became that an actor. Just now, yeah. yeah. No, 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 not in a different life. You didn't go to Yale Drama School. Turns out it was the same. Well, life. no, in an alternate universe. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, the multiverse. The, right. In yeah. the multiverse, <laughs> right. I went to I went to Yale and I became an actor. Now I was accepted there, and then then my mom and dad said, "No, you're on your own, kid." So what do we do as our play? Like I know you talked about Levitard, they write their own right. plays, but like as somebody that is a fan of stage and script, what play would best befit the ESPN 710 family as a way to represent all of the cacophony and circus I will nonsense say we do. Les Miserables. Les Mis. Uh -huh. Yes. Ah bon? That would be good. Very well. It would be good. Okay. 
One more day, another day, another destiny. <laughs> this endless road to Calvary. These men don't seem to know my crime. Are you a Surely musical guy, Clinton? I am absolutely a musical guy, really? but not in the way that you think. Musicals are special to me because I happen to go to a school where I grew up. There, like our music teacher who recently passed as an aside mm. was, was just very passionate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And it was one of those things where just like every coach I ever had, I wasn't a theater guy because mm. I was too scared. I couldn't memorize lines and I was too scared to talk. I could, I, I could cuss at the opposing coach right. and tell him what his wife's sure. shampoo smelled like, yep. but I could not actually stand on stage <laughs> right. and recite lines in front of my friends. So, I really admired my friends who did it. And so we did a lot of different plays. And now, as a result, I have a great appreciation for theater. My favorite play of all time, Guys and Dolls. Guys wow. and Dolls. Yeah. Old school. Classico. I've, got the, I've got the soundtrack on um, on wax. And I love the movie, too. Yeah, the movie's you know, the movie's great. Fantastic, the movie's great. Yeah. So, yeah. Michael, no, I, you, don't have a, you don't have a musical you like? No, I've never, I mean, I grew up on Gene Kelly and Grace Kelly. What was Gene Kelly and who was the girl, the, the woman? Chaplin. You grew up on no, Chaplin. Gene Kelly. And who was the girl who used to, to dance with? Oh, Fred Astaire and uh, what was the girl? Ginger Rogers. Right. I grew up watching that stuff, but I, mm-hmm. I, I outgrew it. So the first movie ever made, I think, was The Great Train Robbery. Yeah. I think it was. Michael, what was it like when to see that in the theater <laughs> for the first time? The first one I ever saw was Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. That's right. There you go. Right. Circumstances were a little different getting into the theater those days, fellas. That's right. yeah. Mace, it's nice to have somebody older in the studio that's that right, you can kind of look at and, and kind of pick at. Right? I got more right. life experience than you guys. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, my what do they call it? Level, level, I'm at level four. We got, yeah. we got some breaking news. Oh, some breaking goes. news. Uh-oh. What is it? All right, Mason, this is actually for you. So Mason, okay. without telling anybody, decided to mess around with me on, during crosstalk, and he was sending me random phone numbers to call Jason Siegel. Oh, this is great. Well. <laughs> Mason is dying over here, <laughs> He loves it he so much. not stop oh, so, so there's a text chain where I'm just sending him different phone numbers for Jason Siegel. So because you decided to mess around with me, yeah. And Lindsay, who is very good at getting people, I asked Lindsay if he has his number, and she does. No way! Yes. Wow. So we are going to have Jason Siegel at two thirty on Friday. Nice. Jason Why don't you just Siegel? put him on right now? I was going to say he wasn't the available. He wasn't available now. Say we're having oh, lots of time. He wasn't available now. A but and then tomorrow, for the tomorrow we're going to be at uh, we're going to be at Hollywood Park Casino. Did so none we're of do the numbers Friday. I sent you work? No, one of them was your number. First of all. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Lindsay though. She's yeah, like, yeah, nice I job, Lindsay. Good get. Yeah, yeah. Lindsay. Good she, get. God. Good girl. Let's make a trade. Let's make we, a trade. We had a lot of random, random, you guys random do guests that? on yes. during COVID. You know. Oh, that's right. You want to do this again? You want to do this again? You, you want to trade? trade? You guys want to do a trade again? again? You guys want to do like six month windows? No, not doing again. You know, you have to throw in a few extra draft picks to get Lindsay. Wait, you don't miss me? I I miss you personally. But that's it. You're saying Ireland doesn't? Nice. No, Ireland does. Ireland does. Yeah. Whenever I think of Lindsay, I think of... Tinder? Yeah, Tinder. Radio Tinder. It's my favorite part of the uh, Sedano and Cap show. Well, you know, I, listen, Thanks, I miss Bergman. Take I miss it Bergman. Take it away, Shidano. Shidano. I love that bit. All right, I believe I, I miss Cap. I hey, listen, my, my, favorite part, my favorite part of Bergman is now Dottie. Right. I think that's Dottie most people's favorite awesome. part about me. Yeah. Dottie is money. Dot, hey, Dottie's want, a hottie? Do you oh, want to have Adrian Brody on Friday? Sure, you want to give me a number? I'll text you the number. <laughs> just make sure it's not you. Just make sure it's not yours. Hello, Domino's. <laughs> All right. That is that is it for Mason and Ireland. Coming up next for you, Sedano and Cap Michael Thompson. Thanks for hanging out today. We love All you. Right. Uh, and uh, Jorge and Bergman and Lindsay jumping in. And everybody, thanks very much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow live from Hollywood Park for our private Lombardi party. Hope to see all you winners there. I get to host that thing tomorrow. It should be great. Uh, coming up next for you, Sedano Cap, 710 ESPN.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah. Bum, ba-dum, bum. Bum, ba-dum, bum. Yes, Clinton Yates. Yes, go. You go. All right, that's enough. <laughs> wow, I love your drum solo in between. Listen, man, percussion is an important and integral part of all symphonic compositions. Got to be able to bang the drum, if you know what I'm talking about. Well said. Thank man, you. I'm telling you, you and I are very aligned. I'm so happy to have Clinton Yates in today. Oh, Scott, I have so many things for you. I'm so excited for this. Oh, good. Because, like, the other day when you sent me a text about Crazy Eye Killer on, <laughs> on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Who is it? I was like, it's yes. Killer. Yeah, me and Clinton, we are aligned on this stuff. Larry, I hear you popping them MF and bubbles. You know, that, that, that's one of the – okay, so, so I'll tell you quickly. I didn't really watch that show, but my friends in college did. I thought it was a little too goofy as much as I might have liked Seinfeld. But that one episode, there's like, there's like a three-episode arc with Crazy Eyes Killer, and there's one where he goes to his house and he's looking oh, yeah. for Larry. Oh, yeah. And Larry has just unpacked a bunch of boxes, and so he's got the bubble wrap upstairs, and he's hiding from Crazy Eyes Killer. <laughs> and uh, the other dude answers the door. He's like, he rings the door about, who is it? It's Killer. And we we had a friend in our group name whose last name was Kilgore, and we called him Killer. So whenever he would answer, whenever he would come to the door, he would say, "It's Killer." It was very funny. Anyway. I used I love the scene where Larry shows up at Killer's house, and he says. Um, hey, you want to take the tour? And Larry doesn't really want to take the tour, but earlier he'd gotten banned from Jeff's house for not taking the tour. Right. <laughs> for, you know, so he's like, man, these are some stairs right here. This is the dining room. This is where like we dine and stuff, you know? <laughs> where I mean, we dine like- and stuff. <laughs> exactly. No, it's fantastic. But so the reason I have so many things to tell you and like, look, let's be serious here. I had the weekend of my life like not really necessarily i mean better things have happened in my life but not many better things have happened with this conglomeration of events hospitality timing and everything scott i know you're a horseman right now i am wearing a hat i purchased at churchill downs in louisville kentucky the day of the race you went to the Kentucky Derby this weekend, and this was your first time at the Derby? Not only did I go, but because, hello, I am A, president of the local chapter of the Handsome Man community, and B, television's Clinton Yates, I was invited by the mayor of Louisville, shout out to Bill Plasky, who introduced me to him, I was invited by the mayor of Louisville to attend as one of his personal guests this weekend. It was off the chain, Scott. Is this because he's a fan of your work on Around the Horn or something? There's an element of that, but I basically I did a panel in Louisville on Jackie Robinson Day a couple weeks back, and I said offhand when he asked me if I was going to the Derby, I said, I've never been. I'm not some huge horse racing guy, but I love a party. I love the pageantry. It's one of those things where if somebody asked me to go, I'd probably drop everything and make it happen. Offhand comment, no big deal. Wednesday before the race, he calls me, 6 a.m. Pacific time. Yates, are you ready to drop everything? I got a couple tickets for you. 
Come be my guest. Just get no to Louisville. Way. It was unbelievable, Scott. So I get on a plane. I happen to be in Philly on Thursday because my sister graduated from high school. Excuse me, from college. Temple. Shouts to her. So that was fun. I was on the East Coast anyway, bro. And I just popped on down to Louisville. And let me tell you something. If you've never been in Louisville on Derby Day, I can take you through this all day. But the funniest thing, Scott, and this is the part that I know you'll care about, is that when you pull in to the airport, it's not renamed Ali yet. Bro, the private jets. Oh, yeah. Just They're lining, just littered. Lining yep. the tarmac. It, they are everywhere. I took all sorts of pictures. We were, I mean, it was police escorts, VIP, security, awesome time. I was still exhausted. I got to meet so many of the people of Louisville. I just, just so much happened, and it was such an experience, you know, from an outing standpoint, Scott, because I don't get out to the track like you do. You know what I mean? And so to do this this big for the first time in that space when everybody had gotten back together for the first time, you know, I'm not going to say since the pandemic ended, but gathering for the first time in whatever, three calendar years. Oh, Cap, it was incredible. Dude, I am so excited to hear you talk about this. So here's a question for you. Ask me all the questions. Now that you've been to the Kentucky Derby, you realize that Santa Anita is in your backyard and is one of the most legendary tracks in the country. And um, it hosts the Breeders' Cup all the time. I mean, sure. will you will you ever now go to the races? Are you now a fan? Now, I am a fan of. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm a fan of the event, the racing. Okay, I'll take it. I'm not going to say I'm going to leave it, but the excitement is palpable. I appreciated that, and I don't know how this works, Scott. And you can tell me. Churchill Downs, the highest rent property in this world, as far as I understand, in the United States of America. Like, Mm. the richest of the rich and the craziest of the crazy and the biggest of the deals happens in Louisville, Kentucky on the first Saturday in May. Now, I'm sure there might be technically nicer events and there might be better gambling and there might be better access, whatever. But this was the creme de la creme. So, like... It's going to take a little bit of a move, perhaps, if I may, a Kaplan invite oh, wow. to get me out. But that's not to say I would say no. Wait. No, no. See Wait until this summer. Wait till this summer. Sure. I mean, when I take you to Del Mar and you see what goes on at Del Mar. And listen, you catch the right day at Santa Anita, you, you have a very similar experience. I don't disagree. I mean, I, I believe you. I'm just saying that I didn't know what to like and what not to like. And if that... The Churchill Downs experience was my intro, and we can approximate anything close to that. I'm in. I don't need all that crap to go to a horse race. You know what I'm saying? It was a lot, you know, but it was fun. And if there's something more local, a little bit more accessible, a little bit more available, I'm in. Did you happen to, because this is the question everybody's going to ask, did you put down a wager on the 80-to-1 long shot and eventual champion? So I have... And inside information on that, we, we did an around-the-horn investigation on this matter because when I was at the track, have you been to Churchill Downs, yes or no? I have been to two Kentucky Derbies, you've so everything to, you're saying resonates perfectly you, You've with been me. to two Kentucky Derbies. So here's what I learned, and this is deep gambling chalk talk, and I am not a gambler, ladies and gentlemen, and kiddos in the audience. So that horse was at the post – And when it got to the post, it was the first time many human beings in the building had seen or even knew the horse was going to race. Why? Because the boards at Churchill Downs, both the physical and the digital ones, don't always scroll down. No, they only go to 20. 18 or 19 or 20. So this horse 
somewhat scandalously, I would say, Cap, was just in many minds not on the board. Oh, wait, Clinton, listen, I had Greg Bergman with me, who, by the way, I'll have you know, won the best dress competition at the Kentucky Derby party. He showed Derby me party. the picture. Greg, retweet that if you're listening right now. we got to chalk talk that because your boy looked great. That's a whole other segment for the program. Go on. Right. So um, we all had sheets in front of us that had horse one through horse 20. Yeah. When 21 came through and won, everybody's like, who's that? Exactly. It, it wasn't on the sheet. It was somewhat scandalous because people were like, I was trying to bet on that horse. And to, in addition to that, Scott, some of the bet tellers didn't even know how to get to horse 21 on the screen because they'd never logged a bet for a horse with a number that high in a race. Insane. Insane. And, and by the insane. way, as somebody who loves baseball primarily, you the comparison I've been trying to make for everybody is this 80 to 1 long shot. This is such a minor league horse and such a minor league jockey and trainer. And when I say minor leagues, I'm not trying to insult them. I'm no. saying it's the difference between, you know, single A baseball and the major leagues. Imagine a kid getting a call up from the Dodgers for game seven and of the World a first Series. Pitch homer. Yeah. Right. Walk off grand slam right. home run <laughs> right. to, in game seven, and he just came up from single A. That's what this horse, jockey, and trainer actually accomplished. So the fact that it's Wednesday afternoon. And you're coming to the show with this story to start. I, for one, love it. I knew you would love it, and I'm glad to hear that. It was quite the experience. And just overall, I'll say this quickly. This is the last thing I'll say about this in terms of the actual horse racing. That horse ran a race that was completely unreal. And for those of you out there, if you need a motivational you know, sort of word in your life, Watch the race that Rich Strike runs. Sticks with the pack for a little bit, makes one move, breaks away from two, gets through another little sticky situation and splits two horses. Next thing you know, sees daylight, gone. You know what I mean? Did not need to win the race until the end and won it by, like, what, half a length, three quarters of a length? Am I yeah, right about that? And, and, the, and the race caller had no idea Said where he was coming from. Said his name twice in the entire right. broadcast. Right, didn't even see him. I'm telling you. Because he kept saying, this horse on the outside, on the outside, and this, and this guy came in on the inside. He didn't even see him. That's how you win in life, kiddos. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Hey, that's, that's a good piece of advice right there, everybody, from Clinton Yates. Hey, look, he is the president of the local chapter of the Handsome Man community. Thank he you. is on TV, Correct. and now today he's on the radio filling in for Sedona. We're just getting rolling. Coming up, yesterday the L.A. Times has the exclusive with Jeannie, but today the same columnist drops a bomb on national radio. Let's get to that. Clinton Yates is in studio for Sedona at Sedona and Cap on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Come on, Bunny. I just hear, I just, I can just, Benito, by the way. We pray at the altar of Benito in my house. It's a, it's a Benito and Bercalis household when it comes to the fun parts. Bercalis is Cardi B, Scott, for those of you who don't know. Thank you. You're welcome. You're very welcome. So Clinton Yates is in today at Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. You know, Clinton, based on your story that you started the show off with, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in the Sedano and Cap Twitter community, the Circle of Trust. Perhaps you're familiar with it? I am. I, I consult it with some regularity. It is one of the deeper circles of hell in terms of like ridiculous theories about things that are going to happen with the Lakers, <laughs> but it is a fun place to be overall. Well, there are already people in there saying, hey, can, can I come to the track with you guys? Because now that you've been to the Derby and oh. now that you want to go locally – I think there's just the same way Steve Mason takes a listener or two to a Dodger game. I'm going to put together a monster get together of people who want to learn about the sport and take them to Santa Anita. I love this idea. I mean, to be clear, too, I, I don't gamble. I placed bets at Churchill Downs. I probably wouldn't place bets at Santa Ana, but just because, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the same, not, nothing personal, but, like, I'm not a gambler. I literally did it because I was there and I was in the moment. But I think that could be part of it, Scott, because I had to ask an expert, like, what am I doing? Next thing you know, I'm boxing stuff. You know what I mean? All sorts, what, are they, oh, what is it called? Exacto, whatever. Yeah, an exacto box. Exacto box. box. You know what? I'm going right? to pull out. Win you know plays or show. Did you have a superfecta ticket at all? I got them right here. I don't have a superfecta ticket, but I had a. You got all these losing tickets exacto with Exacto box. Yeah, I got all my losing tickets with me. That's literally exactly what's in my bag right now. Do you now. save right. them for your scrapbook? I no, did. You, for my no, you, no, no. You save them because when you win big at the track, You've got you to offset your winnings with your losses. That's why you save them. Yeah, so I have them here. I have one um, win place show. I have one exacta box. Is that, am I using the right terms here? Yeah, exacta box means a, the horse has to come in first and second, and it doesn't matter the order. Is there a try something box? Yeah, try, you can do a try box also, what, right? What is, it, what is the word? Okay, so it says try, try box. What is try, though? Try is first, second, and third place, and they can come in in any order. So I had matter. a try box as well. That's what okay. I had. Yeah, nice. So I had, nice. I had a lot of stuff, yeah. Well, but what I'm saying you. is that I think you could teach people this kind of stuff, right. how, well, to, how to gamble. Yeah, I am telling you right now, I'm going to set it up. We're going to take a whole group of 710 listeners out to the track, have a good time, catch up with a bunch of wise guys and handicappers that can teach everybody what to do, Sure, and we're going to have a hell of a good time. I'm so down. Clinton Yates is in today. So Clinton, let me, let me throw something by you here. Did you read yesterday the L.A. Times exclusive with Jeannie Buss? Absolutely. Written by one Bill Plaschke, the man who was the reason I was at the Derby, because he's from... Louisville. I didn't Separate realize matter. he was from yep. I didn't I didn't realize he was from Louisville. Yep. So okay, yesterday Jeannie has the opportunity through Bill to say everything she wants to say. A little she, bit of a fireside chat kind of vibe to that story. I felt like it was very uh it was a very positive piece of public relations. That's what I'd say about it. Okay. And she got to defend Wait a minute, everybody. You called it a fluff piece. Don't lie. Well, but now that Clinton's here and he's, he loves Bill Plaschke right. so much, I don't want to insult <laughs> uh, him. You know, uh, That's fair. But my love for Bill as a friend is different from my thoughts about what you're going to say next, perhaps, as a journalist. But please do go on. Well, listen, I, truth be told, Lindsay, thank you for calling me out. I deserve it. <laughs> I called it a fluff piece yesterday. And the reason I call it a fluff piece is, is because, to me, the way I analyze things like this, as a non-journalist and as a non-writer, I say, okay... She has a message. He has the column. She wants to reach the audience. He wants the exclusive. It's a win-win-win for all the parties. Right. She gets to put out what she wants. He gets the exclusive. The fans get to hear from her. It's a win-win-win. Okay. So it's not, what's the issue here? No, no, there is no issue. The, so, so she has a chance to say everything she needed to say yesterday, and I thought it was great. Good for her. But then today, Plaschke 
goes on a national radio show and drops what I think is a pretty big Laker rumor bomb. Have you have you read about this and heard I, about this? I have, but I want to see how you're going to describe this in terms of what your actual issue is with the reporting here. I'm not saying that you're calling Bill out. I don't, I don't, I'm not implying that. I just want to know what concerns you about what he said versus what he wrote, that being Bill. Zero concerns me. Okay. I'm in it for the entertainment value. <laughs> I look at this stuff the same way I looked at winning time. Right. I don't really care about the, the historical relevance or, or what's real and what's not. I'm just watching for entertainment purposes. Same thing goes here. I read yesterday's piece as a big PR fluff piece, and that's okay. not knocking it. I just know what it is. But today, Plaschke goes on a national radio show and says, and this is the quote, I've heard that Phil would like LeBron to be traded. Now, that's a, that's a pretty big statement, don't you de- think? De- decent bomb. I mean, like, uh, you know, this, this all depends on what you consider, and this is a totally separate discussion, which we can get into or maybe not, but it all depends on what you consider Phil's level of influence to be. Now, there's something to be said about Phil being in the fold, so to speak, you know what I'm saying? As far as all of this goes, and like perhaps Phil's level of influence is different than a lot of other people's for obvious reasons. And so that's why this is important is because you wonder like, well, what are we, why are we telling the world that Phil has influence here considering we know who Phil is, what he's done, and frankly, his relationship with the team, you know? Right. So, so the quote on the radio today is, I've heard that Phil would like LeBron traded. And then the next line is, but I have nothing to back that up. No on-the-record stuff to back that up. I do know that Phil would like them to keep Westbrook and try to make it work with him. So, again, I don't care about the reporting. For me, it's just all entertainment. Yesterday was the fluffy, Jeannie has a bunch of stuff she wants to say. I'm going to be the conduit. I don't have an issue with that. But today it's... This is a, a bomb that, that Phil Jackson is in Jeannie's ear and he wants LeBron traded and he wants to keep Russell Westbrook and make it work with him. Okay, first of all, Scott, yes. the bomb is not that Phil Jackson is in Jeannie's ear. I mean, that's nothing close to news. No, that's, we all, all understand right. that. We all, <laughs> very well said. We all understand that. The point here is, though, is where what is it the Kamenetsky brothers do the 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 blame pie or mm. the credit pie or whatever that may be and I'm not knocking it I just can't remember the name or they probably the blame it's pie. the blame pie. the blame it's the yeah. blame pie but we're we're going to we're going to appropriate that as the credit pie in this scenario which is how much credit or influence pie rather how much influence Scott do you actually think in your heart of hearts Phil Jackson has in terms of decisions the Lakers make cuz I got I'm not going to lie I think it's a lot Oh yeah, I'm going to get a ton. I, I'm I'm going to give you a number. I'm going to I'm going to put this into a percentage. What's the number? I would say Phil Jackson has 25 yep. percent influence, which is a borderline majority position at that point. If you think about the Rambi, you think about Palinka, you think about Clutch. If you divvy up all those other wedges, 25 percent might be. You know what I'm saying? Like for one person, I don't really know how stocks and all that crap work, but he might be the singular person that has the biggest influence on this franchise. He's not named Genie Buzz. My, I mean, listen, uh, Phil 
as Jeannie talked about in the column yesterday. She said, look, people see Phil and I around town, breakfast, lunch, dinner. (laughs) And she actually went out of her way to say, hey, not romantic, just so you know. I mean, we're not together again. I mean, this is all her words, not mine. Let me ask you this. Is that weird to you a little bit? Like the need to mention that as part of the whole thing? And I'm not saying, listen to me, I'm not judging whether or not their romantic relationship has anything to do with the basketball. I don't even care about that. But the question is that, like, this seems like a, like, that's, oh, man, that's a weird thing to have to address at this stage. You know, Scott? Um, Let me ask you a question. Of your exes, Mm. you got good relationships or are you friends? Decent. I try not to be, you know, bad about that kind of stuff. There's a couple that are on the, you know, the oxygen list. but Mm -hmm. They're friends, you know? You know, but, yeah, there's no reason to be. But also, none of my friends or ex-girlfriends own the daggone Lakers, <laughs> okay? Unfortunately. You know, yeah. and if I had breakfast with one of them, <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> never mind. Anyway, my point is, is that like, this is not your normal, do you talk to your ex's situation? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not the same. And so that aside, like, that has to play into his level of influence. And I don't even have a problem with that. Phil's well, probably the smartest guy in the room when it comes to that. Right. I have, no issue. I have no issue with it either. I mean, if, if, if I were friends with Phil Jackson... And I owned a, an NBA basketball team. My goodness, if I was coaching a JCC basketball team and I was friends with Phil Jackson, I'd ask him for his opinion. You consult him, right? I'm like, hey, Phil, uh, I got a team here. It's a nice little group of guys, you know, JCC league and stuff. You know, how do I run the triangle? I mean, I'd ask him. Because sit, sit, Scotty. I'm putting Kukoc in. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm just if I had Phil Jackson on speed dial. I would consult with Phil Jackson when it comes to basketball decisions. I think here's my thing, too, about that. I don't disagree with you, Scott, but if I'm a person that's got Phil Jackson as the ace up my sleeve, I'm telling Phil, hey, listen, you can give me all the advice you want. I'll be taking all the credit for it. You know what I'm saying? Because I, the not the risk, but the general, maybe not chaos, there's just a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. You know, we've discussed this at length, ad nauseum on this station, and that's within reason. But, like, I feel like if Phil's involved, he should be a little bit more of a shadow campaign guy. You know what I mean? Because his voice, his name, his presence is just a little too big to casually mention, oh, yeah, Phil's involved. How about that? You know what I mean? Like, he's just just too much of an NBA person to sort of offhandedly say, yeah, he's got a voice in this just like everybody else. Like, he's, he's a big fish in a big pond if phil says something i'd hope that that was taken a little bit more seriously quite frankly than even some people who work at the daggone team well you know it's tough let me but let me ask you this so so think about this for a second here so yesterday plashke has this column with genie okay today he's got this bombshell that phil jackson would like lebron james to be traded and that Phil wants to keep Russell Westbrook and make it work with him. So, again, if you're trying to put two and two together here, yesterday is the piece with Jeannie where she got what she wanted. Did she, did, did Plashke hear from her? Did he talk to Phil? Who's telling him? Because there's no mention of this yesterday in the column. Like, hey, I've heard just a rumor that Phil would actually like to trade LeBron because everything Jeannie said is I want to make LeBron happy. Right. It's entirely uh, possible that he heard one thing after writing the other. Don't 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 leave out that possibility. Okay, yeah, that's, you know right, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. The other thing to be re- remembered here is let's let's not forget the history between Phil Jackson and LeBron Raymond James. It was Phil Jackson who referred to LeBron and his posse, right. if I have that correct. That's the word. Something that did not sit well 
with nope. LeBron and Planet LeBron at the time, which, quite frankly, was kind of the early days of us kind of coming to a reckoning about like how we talk about athletes and how they move. It was sort of the early days of that. And a lot of people sort of looked at Phil as kind of out of touch. You know what I mean? I, there's an outside argument that Phil kind of lost that battle in the court of public opinion. So for him to come back, rather, for Plasky to say that he heard that, even if it wasn't directly from Phil or whatever, it's not surprising to me. That, that, and the reason I said it is, sure, in the context of the story he wrote, Plasky wrote yesterday, and what was said today on the radio, the juxtaposition might be jarring. But the Phil news in itself to me, Scott, not that much of a bombshell because of the relationship we know that he has with LeBron, or rather what he said before in the past. Yeah. Oh, it, w- it would not surprise me at all if, if Phil Jackson is saying to Jeannie, the thing we need to do is we need to move on from LeBron, and I'll explain why. In fact, I'll do that after the break. Clinton Yates is in for Sedano. Let's keep this rolling. And also, coming up, the Angels had a no-hitter last night by a kid who's making like, I mean, he, he's so early in his career. This guy's pitched less than 40 innings in his life. Yeah. We're going to get to the Angels situation coming up. Stick around. Yeah, Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. It's Wednesday afternoon. Clinton Yates is in for Sedano. Hey, Clinton, what are you doing tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. uh, nothing. Nothing. You got nothing going on tomorrow? Not much. Got a couple meetings. That's about it. Well, you know, tomorrow... Mason in Ireland, and then this show, Sedano and Cap, will be where you and I have been before, the Hollywood Park Casino for the Lombardi Party. Okay, so I, I okay, I'm glad you mentioned. Should I drop through? Definitely, hundred percent. I'd love to have right, you. Yeah, well, then I will come through. Demarco Good. will be there for Sedano. I might do the bit I did last time we had a remote, where I do last hour of Mason in Ireland. First hour of Sedano and Cap, and then I get out of there. Dude, that would be great. We'd love to have you. I'm inviting you. Please accept this. I'm the mayor of Louisville right now, (laughs) inviting you to the Derby, but it happens to be the Lombardi party. I'm down. I like that place, too. You know what I'm saying? We were there before. Julian came out, the consigliere. Everything was great. Good times. You know what I'm saying? That was a good time. Absolutely, yeah. I was going to ask you to play some card games with me after, Clint. You guys stick around for that. Unlikely, but I will stick around. I know you don't like to gamble, but I'm not saying I won't stick around. I'm saying I'm not going to play any card games. You don't have to, but you could watch me play some card games. Okay, that's tremendous entertainment. Wait, what are you going to play, Lindsay? Party craps. Party craps, huh? Yeah, it's because, you know, you can't have... Um, dice throwing games, I guess, in the state of California. You can't uh-huh. like so gamble you a- on the outcome. Hold on, you actually play craps? Oh yeah, I play craps all the time when I go to Vegas. This this is this is a revelation, Scott. I mean, win, win lots it's, of money on it's, it. It's revelatory. I don't Revel- know. It is re- oh, nice words, Scott. Oh, okay. You actually used it in a way that actually made sense. I don't yeah. know. The For first... two days, I've been trying to use this word okay. because because <laughs> Sedano used it twice on Monday. And it I threw actually, you out of the water. I he really it up has tried. Today. When he told me it was something that was revelatory, and I messed it up later by trying to use it by calling it relevatory. Uh, and yeah. I and I've just been trying for days to find the right place to work it in. <laughs> that and there it is. That, that was really good. But no, the reason I ask is like craps. I, listen, I I don't understand craps. Like half the reason I don't gamble is because I, I don't like understand it. the game. It's hard yeah. to learn, but it took but it took like, me a while. But I'm I'm pretty good at I it. I mean, it feels like it's more complicated than baseball. It's pretty complicated, but I, I mean, it's it's not that bad. I learn by like. Two, three trips to Vegas, I learned. Let's be real. What you like about craps is people looking at you at the table while you roll the table. No way. I, I actually don't me. like that. And usually I will gamble late into the night. I've been known to gamble late into the night known wearing nothing who? but my pajamas. Hey, wow. now. You know, like slippers, hoodie, whatever. But okay. I like craps because I tend to do really well when I play craps. Very well. Right. Well, I was thinking we were going to play a little blackjack tomorrow. But look, it's the, Lomb- it's the Lombardi party. It's Hollywood Park Casino. It's tomorrow afternoon. Mason in Ireland for the first three hours. Sedano and Cap. DeMarco will be in. Clinton's stopping by. I will 100% be there. Yep. 
And uh, listen, then I'm planning on playing a little blackjack when we're done. Nice. So, hey, listen, I just want to finish this conversation with you, Clinton. Here's sure. the thing. If, if Phil Jackson does have a good amount of influence with Jeannie Buss, and one of the things she said in this column yesterday was she's a collaborator. She's not a decision maker. She likes to compile data from all of her trusted sources, and then once she stirs it all up, then she makes a decision. But if Phil Jackson is in her ear, it is so conceivable to me that Phil Jackson would be saying to her, Hey, Jeannie, I'm here to tell you, this is your franchise, and you have to be thinking not just about this year, but beyond this year. He's got one year left on a deal. He hasn't signed yet. Maybe that happens later on. But you need to start preparing for life after LeBron. And if what, Phil, if what Bill Plaschke says is true, which he said on the radio today, I've heard that Phil would like to trade LeBron. I actually believe that. Here's the thing, and this is going to sound crazier than a lot of people think. I'm not sure how many teams would trade for LeBron James. I'm being quite honest about that. In terms of where he is in his career, we've talked all season for two, three seasons, Scott, about Planet LeBron, and I'm not knocking their operation. I'm just saying, like, the last team that might have been able to withstand the, not the blow, but the merger and still be successful was probably the Lakers. I mean, think about it. Like, the conceptual notion of the Lakers trading LeBron is one thing. But how many teams are really going to give up everything they've got effectively, which is what you'd be trading LeBron for, for a guy who's got probably max three more years in the league? You know what I'm saying, Scott? I don't know that that trade is as viable as people seem to think it is to get back what it is you would need to get back to completely refuel that is of a higher value than LeBron right now, who's the best player on the team. Yeah, um, I think the That's other part, the hard part. Well, the other part of what I think I think I hear you saying is, you know, how many teams are willing to give up? I'm putting this in quotes, everybody, so don't freak out. But give up control of their team. And when I say control, I don't mean like all of a sudden he's going to come to your team and redo your roster. But when he walks through the locker room, that becomes his team, right? Which is fair. You know, he's earned that right as a, as a player. But that's that's kind of my point is that. The Lakers are probably the one franchise that at the point in LeBron's career that he was at, never mind is at, could could harness that. You know what I'm saying? Like it was something that was possibly able to work with the franchise without being, you know, sort of the takeover or control as you the word you used, you know, good or bad. They're probably the one franchise that could do that. And, you know, we can get into arguments about whether or not it worked out and this, that, and the third, and the ring, bubble rings, and all this kind of other nonsense. But like the bottom line is that I'm not sure that any franchise is willing to just let him come through the door, even if the Lakers decide they want to get rid of him, which, in my opinion, would be stupid. He's the best player on the team. All right, we can get deeper into this as the afternoon goes on. But, Clinton, let me ask you this. Did you see what happened last night with the Angels? Of course. Because here's, here's a point I want to make. I understand that the Angels will never be able to be the Dodgers. Just the same way the Clippers will never be able to be the Lakers. I got it. But can we at least agree on one thing? The Angels are making enough noise to have people who normally don't pay attention to them start paying attention to them. I totally agree, and I think that the verbiage you used is exactly correct. They are making enough noise. Now, people always in the baseball world, and I talk about this a lot on TV and in various other places, people always want to do that stupid bit where they connect, well, Mike Trout's the best player in the league. 
he's the best player ever. He's the best, greatest player right now. They should be great. No, that's not how it works in baseball, flatly. Now, that being said, they've also got my man Otani, who is the most exciting player in baseball. Never at me about that. But the point is this. Let's not forget, the Halos went through in the last, what, four seasons, Scott? One of the more horrific tragedies in Major League Baseball history. Not just Angels history, not just SoCal baseball history, not just West Coast baseball history. In Major League Baseball history, when a player of theirs passed away in a very controversial situation, if for no other reason than we can talk about actual baseball, and we can have good stories from a guy who goes a complete game. He's a rookie. He got called up in August last year. It's not his first year in the bigs, but he's still a rookie based on games played. Goes a complete game, Scott. And mind you, I said this on television today. You know what my favorite stat about that outing was, Scott? Tell me. He only struck out two batters. Isn't that amazing? He threw a no-no and struck out two dudes, which means his fielders were behind him, which means he was getting it going from a work rate standpoint, probably keeping it moving pretty quickly in terms of what you know his fielders like. And it worked out. He got a little bit of a you know, got a little bit of a favor with the error hit call. But like to me, I'm just happy that Halos fans have sort of an entirety of a product to root for and are not still thinking about the legacy of what had gone wrong over the last couple of seasons. I just love the story, and, and I'm, I'm paying more attention to the Angels than ever before. They're hot. First because of Otani, then because Trout has returned. All of a sudden, a guy like Noah Syndergaard, who's a big personality, shows up. They, they've got over 20 wins already. They're in first place. Um, I even love the story about the guy who was catching last night, Chad Wallach. Um, and by the way, almost 40,000 people in Angel Stadium last night. But Chad Wallach is a guy who's from here in Southern California, from Yorba Linda. His dad once played for the Dodgers, and this guy had a chance to catch this no-hitter last night. But now my favorite part, hmm. Noah Syndergaard going on to Twitter. Dropping bombs. Oh, dude. How, see, this, this is great. This I mean, is great out of This is what I mean. When I say making noise, you got a player like Syndergaard who has no fear that he's going to go scream at the Mets, essentially, on social media because they said that he was taking a shot at their no-hitter that was a combined no-hitter versus a one-man no-hitter. I love this Noah Syndergaard Read stuff. the quote. I'm finding it. Finding I it. it. I'll give you a quick update. It. I'll give you a quick update on yeah. Wallach. The better, not not the better part of the story, but not only did he pop up Southern California, dude, he hit a bomb that game. And by the way, he got called up to the 40-man roster last week. It's not like this dude is in the bigs forever. It's amazing. God, I can't believe I lost this. It was so anticlimactic. You know, I'll I mean, I had it, it yeah, and I could, and I lost it. Alas, you know, all you got to do is Twitter search, bro. I'll read it. Quote from Noah Syndergaard. Hate to break to you, but this song ain't about you. Great quote, by the way. Who's that that song by? That's your era. Carly Simon, right? Sure. You're so vain. That Exactly. You're so vain. Uh, you probably think, think this song is about you. Who remade that you? song? Somebody You're remade that so song. You're so vain. Somebody remade that song. It's not Janet Jackson, but somebody in that territory. You probably right, think this song is about I you, bet you don't think you? This song is anyway. So, okay, quote from Noah Syndergaard 4 hours ago on Twitter. Hate to break it to you, but this song ain't about you. This was about Reed, a great teammate, throwing a one-pitcher no-hitter, which is a rarity by today's game standards. Mets have a good team. Minder, reminder, Mets are his former team. Mets have a good team. Enjoy that instead of stirring S, as do the Angels, so drop the drama and move on. Loved it. Mic drop. Loved it. Love it. Hey, Angels, you're making enough noise that we're all starting to pay attention. Great job, Angels. 
Seriously, I mean, I can't believe the Dodgers just lost two out of three in Pittsburgh. Unbelievable. Stick around. What we all need to know is coming up next. Laura will drop that on us. Clinton Yates is in for Sedano. And the NFL schedule will be fully released tomorrow during the Lombardi party. But there's already starting to to have some leaks here so we can find out what the Rams have coming up. We'll get to that next. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN.